Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Podcast Horseman. Back in the 20s, we reviewed a very famous Welcome indeed to Podcast Horseman, the BoJack Horseman podcast, a spoiler-free episode-by-episode audio review podcast of the critically acclaimed Netflix series BoJack Horseman. I'm Michael Hamflit. And I'm Adam Nicholas. And I would just like to say before we begin, let's call ourselves the front of the plane as we do every week because <laughs> oh, we are all business. That is going to stick. There's nothing <laughs> It's sticking in my crop. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, let's quickly plug everything we have so far. Of course, this is a brand new podcast, so we need all the help we can get. So come and find us on social media. Show your support. Thank you to everyone who has shown their support so far. You can find us on both Twitter and Instagram at Podcast Horseman and be sure to let us know your thoughts about everything that's happening so far with the pod. It's been great for us. We hope you've enjoyed it. It has been really nice so far. It's to been like, lovely. We were, after, we were after creating a sense of community around the show. Absolutely. The whole point was to like engage in a bit of conversation mm. because not enough people want to talk themselves horse about the talking horse. Hey. And that's what we're here for. We've had some nice feedback so far. And little teaser, we've got a little treat planned by way of thanks at the end of this episode. So if you keep listening... One of you out there that has so far been nice enough to engage with us might find a little bit of a bonus for them at the very end. Ooh, you big tease. In the meantime. Hooray! Question mark. <laughs> In the meantime, if you haven't already, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, follow along on Spotify, listen along on Acast. You can catch that embedded link in all the tweets on the Podcast Horseman feed or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. We're hopefully everywhere. So as we do every episode, rather than us coming up with our own synopsis, <laughs> let's trust our friends over at Netflix who gave us this wonderful TV show. Michael Havlett, this week's episode, mm. season one, episode three, Prickly Muffin is the title of the episode. <laughs> yeah. What could possibly go wrong there? And the synopsis is, Bojack reconnects with a friend from his past who moves into his house and creates pandemonium. Well, this sounds like it's going to be a very uneventful episode, <laughs> doesn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it is that masterpiece and a disaster all in one. We're only on the third episode of Bojack Horseman. And tonally, from the very start... Feels appropriate to start this classic Bojack with some classic Bojack. Classic Bojack. The episode starts with its cold open is actually centered in an episode of Horse and Around in which Sabrina, uh, nicknamed Prickly Muffin by the horse, uh, is hiding under the table because she doesn't want to go to school. Um, there is a huge laugh for the Sabrina characters. That's too much, man, uh-huh. which is obviously a big catchphrase. It gets hooping and hollering, which is a kind of staple of 90s sitcoms in general. They would lead to the big gag. The horse character kind of finds her under the table 
says to her, stick with me and I promise that you everything is going to be just fine. That's from obviously the character, The Horse, as played by yes. Bojack Horseman. I love that um, he's untitled. I find it, it took me ages to figure it out and I was like, he doesn't even have a name. That's how show. tragic Brilliant. it is. Yeah. <laughs> he, um, at this point, there's a cut um, and we realize that we're not actually in an episode of Horsing Around. We're in the filming of an episode of Horsing Around. It's a flashback. Uh, the real Bojack tells her very briefly in relation to the audience that have obviously just gone wild for a catchphrase that without them, you are nothing. You've got to give the people what they want. Don't stop dancing. Don't stop smiling. It's quite dark. It's quite nice because it actually makes poor little Sabrina as terrified as she's looked in the whole scene so that when the cameras come back on, she's substantially more frightened than she was when they first started recording. It allows her to go method almost within this 90s sitcom. Bojack with the really odd version of tough love here. And he, I love that he includes in this, even if it kills you. And he's like the <laughs> Rabbana. And he's like, these guys are all, they're everything you've possibly got. What a, an odd message to give to her. What is she at this point? Is she like, she must be six or something like that, that kind of age. She's the she's youngest young. member of the cast. She's, she's the very, youngest, very yeah. young. She's a child. It's, um, and telling as well that we then get a, a 12 years later sting with the sound of a death knell mm. because obviously her life has already begun to hit the skid. She's gone 12 years on from being six Sabrina. years old. She is exactly. Look at there that. There we go. So Tell she's turned 18. We're introduced to a, and this is keyed as a, a Ryan Seacrest type <laughs> who <laughs> introduces us to the video to Prickly Muffin. It's here we meet the named character, Sarah Lynn. The, uh, the woman behind Sabrina in the horse and around. Um, she's rather scantily clad in the video. She's cavorting around a planetarium. Um, she then kind of the, cuts back to the interview. She's not that little girl anymore um, and says that I'm going to be sexy forever. What we're led to imply here is that she's kind of gone down the, the Britney Spears slash Miley Cyrus route. Yeah. It's, a, it's a very clear you know, tell to what we see in real life with how the child star often tries to reinvent themselves as a teenager or is reinvented by a studio through a pop career or something like that. It all feels quite sad. And then just when we think it can't get sad enough, we see another 12 years later, another death knell. And it's the same Ryan Seacrest type. Uh, he's on the same show, but he's speaking to uh, a different pop star this time. He mocks Sarah Lynn for turning 30 uh, while he's in studio with the latest 14-year-old child star sensation. Hang on, let me do it. What's that? Her name is... <clears throat> Sextina Aquafina. <laughs> Sextina Aquafina. An even younger sexed up child yeah. star, younger than Sarah Lynn was all those 12 years ago, as if to imply that, you know, pop the world of pop is eating these young stars up even earlier than they were before. Tell us a little bit about Sextina Aquafina, Adam Nicholas. Sextina Aquafina. Now, as you probably have gathered at this point, Sextina Aquafina is a play on Christina Aguilera. Now, mm. obviously, as we know, Christina is the perfect example, really, in this, well, there are so many of them, unfortunately, from the 90s, um, where they were just taken over by these pop factories and mm. became sex symbols, essentially. Yeah. Ex-Dina, I believe, was how she ended up going down, wasn't it? Yeah. Something along those lines, of course, which really ties in here, quite literally. So Ryan Seacrest type and Sextina Aquafina have had a dead have a go at Sarah Lynn for turning 30. How dare she? Um, Sextina Aquafina <laughs> says she should go wherever famous people go when they're done being famous uh, and nobody cares if they live or die. Where could that be? Smash cut to Bojack's house and then doorbell rings. He looks almost down the lens of the camera and says, who could, who that, could be? that be? And that's where this loaded and very, very dark cold open ends. So the episode starts a reel uh, with a title card that says five hours earlier. So we find Bojack starting his day the worst way. He's woken up by an overexcited Todd. Um, he has to bat back paparazzi that are flying outside of his window because, of course, paparazzis can fly in this world. <laughs> Todd as well, we should point out, who's trying to take advantage of Bojack's better nature mm. and his love of the show. 
by entering his room saying, <laughs> uh, who wants chocolate, chocolate chip pancakes? And then he builds the line in himself. I do, I do. <laughs> trying to wake Bojack out of his slumber. He wants Bojack to be the horse and around he wants the horse, horse character. He can't get out of him. Bojack's got no interest in that. So <laughs> Todd <laughs> does a cannonball jump onto Bojack's bed and breaks it. Of course. Um, that's a nice plot device to take them to a furniture shop uh, where they bump into adult Sarah Lynn and her boyfriend, the Hollywood star Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. The actual Andrew actual, Garfield. The real life Andrew Garfield. Um, Although it, not played by Andrew Garfield, if I'm not mistaken. No, that's no. right. We do have an overlap of celebrity voices in this one, but this is not Andrew Garfield, yes. as we'll probably find as out later in the episode as to why. Yes. Um, they have a huge fight in the furniture shop. Um, I think Andrew Garfield is assuming that she won't want to cause a scene, but she just shows that she doesn't care. She takes a gob full of pills from this unmarked bottle and stabs herself and begins bleeding out in the furniture shop in public. There's a, a recklessness to this, which I think is immediately designed to shock. This again calls mm. back to the days of Britney Spears shaving her head. There are these moments where, um, obviously the references to real life events are characters wanting to just do and say as the real ones did. So I think we had Miley Cyrus acting out from the Hannah Montana period, I'd just say the Britney Spears one. It has to be this shocking because animation is obviously easier to do something a bit wild. This has to go big. Well, that's the thing. And it's the only way to really put across the message that this is a very unstable character we're dealing with here, who is obviously hugely, hugely affected by everything that's happened in her life, particularly mm. all the attention that's been built up during her youth. Imagine being told yes that many times. And yeah, who was expecting that to do that to herself in the middle of a furniture store? It's very early in Sarah Lynn's character's life in this episode, mm. but already they're building a certain sympathy. You see her neck the pills and you it's painted quite a, a picture of her life through just this series of flashbacks mm. and this, this current like you know incarnation of her. Um, which is augmented by Bojack then telling us back in real time that he's checked her into rehab. But then we catch up with that cold open, the doorbell rings. She's already checked herself out of rehab yeah. within five hours. She is not somebody that really wants to be helped. Despite Bojack, we don't always see that kind nature, but playing to Bojack's kind nature and trying to get help because he feels like he's still the father that he was in the show. And you immediately get that feeling that once that doorbell rings, misery loves company, doesn't it? Of yeah. course it does. And sure enough, where does she go when she knows that she's in a bit of a bad way, but probably needs to be within a familiar face. Mm. She goes to her on-screen TV dad from her youth. Yeah, which, <clears throat> however, this immediately creates a sort of a disparate dynamic between the two because Sarah Lynn becomes his house guest, which takes he takes uh, she takes him for granted. She's uh, carving up and snorting tablets on his uh, kitchen counter. She just does drugs relentlessly. Yeah. She is not remotely bothered about the life that she could be leading because she feels almost like that that's been led. We learned in Bojack, in the very first episode of Bojack Horseman, like, what have you been doing for the last 30 years? Sarah Lynn is only reaching 30 now, mm. and yet already feels like she's trapped in that sort of vortex. Um, she asks just to use Bojack's place as a hideout, but immediately sort of takes that for granted and turns it into a party house. Playing on his better nature, obviously, because he's absolutely desperate for somebody or something to turn up to make his life interesting. And all of a sudden... I think he sees the point where he could marry this up, doesn't he? Well, he's watching, obviously, in the first couple of episodes, you see him a bit obsessed with horsing around. And the quote here is, uh, everybody, the old gang is getting back together. He's trying to turn this pretty dark real life situation into one of them nice 30-minute neat packaged episodes of horsing around. And he says, like, she needs a father figure, essentially. What you need is a strong mm. father figure who's going to tell you, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and then runs off. And I love the bit when he runs off. And as he's saying all these things, just ends it with, starts singing the theme song from Horse Around <laughs> after saying, hey, everybody, the gang's getting back together. 
He's dropped straight back into Completely that. It's, gone. it's that arrested development that Bojack's had mm. since the show finished, pretty much. Um, as we say, Sarah Lynn takes it all for granted and immediately just uses it as an excuse to have all her hedonistic friends round to his very nice Hollywood bachelor pad for this massive party. Mm-hmm. Um, we get another flashback at this point. I should point out in this episode, um, again, we've not really settled on one like narrative device or narrative flow for the way the episodes go. We're using, in the first episode, I think it was like jump cuts and time jumps, whereas here we're seeing a lot of flashbacks to horse and around because we need to flesh out Sarah Lynn's character as a child star as well as the, as well as the person she's become. Mm. Um, this is quite sad. Uh, a flashback shows them uh, behind the scenes, uh, uh, the filming of Bojack Horseman, uh, sorry, Horse and Around, where we learn that Sarah Lynn's mother was just that typical pushy parent um, steering her away from wanting to be an architect. She's asking um, Bojack about college, but mm. the mother's just not interested. No. Um, she's obviously done favours to get Sarah Lynn's foot in the door. <laughs> she asked Bojack what he's doing at the weekend. He just reels off a host of cool celebrity things that he can do with his life, which that effectively steers her back onto wanting to take that course rather than like dropping out of all this to do architecture at college. I think not even just that, but all of the things he talks about feel like they're tailored to a child or like <laughs> yeah. even even maybe going as far as saying a young girl is going to watch all these princesses on on, <laughs> on his on his TV, which is like this dream scenario for her, this poor girl who's been forced into this life of celebrity and she's desperate to go and join him and he completely shoots her down. He is completely blind yeah. to the life that he's presented to her and the damage that could theoretically do. You could even say, Michael, that he's got the blinkers on. Right? <laughs> Very like nice. all good horses, Very got nice. the blinkers on. I'm amazed the show didn't give us actual shades that flip to the side <laughs> rather than in yeah. front. Now that would have been quite a thing. It's this flashback is told through uh, Bojack talking to Diane, which is kind of like the, that's mm. been a, a conversation piece so far is that Diane's obviously still around here doing memoirs. We just kind of accept at this point that Diane's a, a constant presence in Bojack's she's life. She's going to be there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, she's the tape recorder of everything that's going on mm. for him to try and get the best possible memoirs. Um, she implies that he's projecting here because, you know, he's immediately welcomed her back in. Uh, he de- <laughs> he de- denies it with such ferocity that he kind of exposes all of his issues around loneliness, the abuse he suffered as a child, uh, and how already we're seeing, as we saw in the first episode, the mirrors between Bojack and Diane. Here we're seeing the mirrors between Bojack and Sarah Lynn. Mm. You know, uh, just a case again of Bojack being lectured by Diane, by Todd, that this is not horsing around, this is real life. I loved this part in, in particular, how we get the chance for Bojack to really... He's, he's in such denial, obviously, mm. because he's Bojack. Uh, and he says, yeah, to Diane, when she asks about this sort of scenario, he says, I'm not trying to play out some weird sick dad fantasy or resolve a deep guilt for past neglect or even trying to retroactively fix my <laughs> own childhood by recreating someone else's. And I'm especially not doing all of those things at once. <laughs> Followed swiftly by something crashing around Sarah Lynn and him running, running out of the room saying, Oh my God, like my poor baby, like, where is she? <laughs> He's trapped in a denial loop, isn't he? And we've, of we've, course. we've seen this like relentlessly in his relationship with Diane because he's desperately trying to like project the perfect version of himself onto her. The repeated inference is that he not, she not put things in the book in the prior episodes. This is another case of he isn't aware at all that she's unpicking him and she's exposing his psyche. He doesn't realize just how much he's giving away. You could probably say, Michael, he loves Egypt because he spends so much time in denial. Eh? <laughs> Couldn't I, f- you? I feel hey. like we need to start including those Bojack interstitial like sounds for your... <laughs> like... <little> <laughs> but it's, it is, but you know, that kind of like sums up what they try and do with this. They try mm. and use, like like you say, the big guy, like, daddy's coming, yeah. to like allow you to just have that moment. To cut under it slightly. But gives you a breather, a breather, doesn't it? Yeah. You know? 
And it's necessary because oh, there is, is yeah. there is constant darkness that's been alluded to. It's throughout like the a show. little blast of a torch in a very dark room. <laughs> and over the next twenty minutes, it's only going to get worse. <laughs> uh, there's quite a, a sweet moment here where, like, he does sort of try and take on board what people have said about this relationship, and he, but to get her away from the party and the debauchery that she's turned his house to, he effectively, like unintentionally gives her the day that he talked about in that flashback yes he takes her yeah. to the fair he yeah. takes her to the pier they're eating ice cream they're just having he's still being the father he's just being the father of the 30 year old one instead mm. of the six-year-old one which sort of only makes it all the more tragic really doesn't it you it know does, and it's it's i got an immediate feeling here of too little too late which is ironic because that was another jojo song from another person <laughs> who was a pop teen idol at some point i think it was even made even more sort of melancholy by the fact that this wasn't a real experience this mm. was Bojack doing these things, but Sarah Lim was taking pictures of it all on her phone. So the projection that it was both of them, but actually it was Bojack just trying to give her this time. She wasn't even really engaging. Yeah, and she brings it back down to earth with quite a thud. They're sitting reflecting on the day mm. and Bojack, as he sort of alluded, as we've seen in every episode so far, he desperately wants his whole life to be a half an hour sitcom that could be wrapped up neatly. Yeah. He's trying to wrap up their story together without realizing how it's about to get so much worse. Yeah. Um, she ends the day, they're looking out onto the horizon, just sat on a bench. She's quite bored and disconnected. He's the one trying to make this feel bigger than it is. Mm. And she just stops dead and sell, tells Bojack Horseman that uh, Herb Kazaz, the creator of Horse and Round, has got cancer, uh, quote, in the butt and has just six months to live. Bojack struggles to absorb this. Uh, he alludes to the fact that he's maybe not been on speaking terms with Herb Kazaz, but we don't hear any more of mm. that. Um, he asks her, uh, you know, he tries to like get a bit more out of her on this. And she just tells him that she was reminded of this because the sun beautifully sets over the vista uh, it sets over two hills. That made her think of a big ass, and that ass made me think of ass cancer. She can't even enjoy the view without thinking of an old colleague having cancer. There is a, a darkness that has enveloped her whole world. That uh, one bit of like sort of shared story between the two of them—that's her takeaway mm. from the lovely view and the lovely moment that they're sharing—is just to, to to let Bojack know yeah. this dreadful news about a mutual friend or a, an ex-mutual friend, as it may be. Um, yeah, so he's alluded to not being on great terms, but he tries to brush it off and <laughs> he tries to end the day well by giving her a TV guide award that he's always kept. We know how much Bojack loves horsing around and that he wants to be proud of it in spite of what mm. everybody has always told him about how vapid it is. So this award uh, means quite a lot to him. He gives her it and he wraps up their night by treating it like an episode of Horsing <laughs> Around with the credits <laughs> rolling. He names a few producers. He does a production company's jingle. It's all really, really sad. Um, <laughs> it really is. And as if to sort of play on Bojack's sadness, we cut to him receiving a call from Mr. Peanut Butter, of the happy avatar in his life. Um, he finds out through this call from Mr. Peanut Butter that Peanut Butter has bought the award from a pawn shop, yeah. um, which he quickly puts together that Sarah Lynn has pawned for drug money. So there is just no, he cannot get this happy ending with Sarah Lynn. He can't get it. Not to, to put aside the fact that Mr. Peanut Butter <laughs> has a guy in a pawn shop who just keeps tabs so he can get these awards and put his own name on them. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I've got two golden globes. I've got this, I've got that. I thought that was great. This is not the first time he's done it. He's very happy to award himself things for the work he's not done. He's a seasoned professional, but funny that we kind of, even in that instant, Mr. Peanut Butter, who to this point has been presented to us as the good version of Bojack, essentially mm. the one who's very good at it all, is still in there with the rest of them. Yeah. Like he has to buy these awards to make himself feel special. I did think that was an interesting little note. 
there is obviously this is the point where we've had we've had Mr. Peanut Butter as the light to Bojack Shade, as we always do, and it's about to get as dark as it possibly can do in the episode. Yep. He confronts um Sarah Lynn about uh, selling the award, but she just bites his head off. She's completely defiant, she's unapologetic. Yep. She's already told him that this is the life she's leading, and it's it's up to him to like measure his expectations. They kind of come to the same conclusion together that they're not the father-daughter combo and they never were. Yeah. Uh, and it's that moment of realization where they're not that that results in them having sex. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it's um it's not dwelled upon to the point where it's actually normalized. Uh Todd is in the room and this is we're we're led to believe this is just hours from them having sex for the first time. Mm. Um Sarah Lynn is just causing a disruption in Bojack's apartment. She's throwing lit matches onto some of his furniture. On it was Ottoman. Um, Todd is trying to flag up, well, is this not an issue? And what he re- doesn't realize is that he's in a scene where Bojack and Sarah Lynn are coming together to have sex again. I thought it was quite tragically poignant, and that's going to come up a lot in Bojack Horseman, yeah. I feel, but tragically yeah. poignant. I stamp that one. <laughs> that he, even their coming together is not something from a sitcom. It's not something nope. from horsing around. It's not even something from the show that we're watching, Bojack Horseman. It's played like sort of 70s, 80s pornography. There is this music that plays in the background that we're all familiar with because I'm sure we've heard about pornography's existence mm. and never seen it ourselves. But yeah, like, I would never know. The dialogue and the music intentionally mirrors that very cheesy pornography because they are, even then, actors within a scene. They're unable to connect with their real life selves even to do one of the realest things they can do together. And I think the the the, the weirdest part of this for me was... The, the, it was such it's such a weird the way they do it is such a weird segue because it's not what they're doing is by no means sexy at all mm. like and I think that's deliberate in the way that she she literally says she sets the ottoman on fire with the match and then he's like trying to give her wrong and tell her off mm. and she's like do you want to see me put it out <laughs> With my boob. It's like, how would that even work? The dynamic has catastrophically changed between Bojack and Sarah Lynn, but they are still performing. Oh, yes, of course. Just like when Forever. they were father-daughter, they're now sexual partners, but they continue to perform. They're just keeping dancing, effectively. Yep, they're now both dancing. following the advice that you know, younger Bojack gave young Sarah Lynn. Don't ask questions, just keep dancing. <sighs> Which, if only they weren't doing the no-pants mm-hmm. dance. Um, Bojack... <laughs> realizes again he kind of like snaps back in and he tries to be a good role model to her in real life again he tries to again take her to rehab she's having none of it um and then there's a just a very quick flashback but it's really important to set up maybe what set sarah lynn off on this path as much as anything else mm. which is just them on set hanging around at horse and around um the flashback shows him smoking in front of her swearing in front of her being abusive to an assistant or somebody that's trying to set him up with a job uh, just bad language, all the kind of things that you don't want to see around a child, and yet she's exposed to it, and he doesn't care. This is Bojack, the 90s actor, does not care about the welfare of Sarah Lynn by this point. He's so self-absorbed, he can't even see it, and she is obviously literally taking in the second-hand smoke from his cigarette while yeah. taking in the second-hand Bojack that's completely going to change her life in the future. It's like the third time that we've seen young Sarah Lynn kind of be exposed to the recklessness of adults. Mm. She's had no proper guidance. She's had no role model. No. And Bojack probably, as we as kind of these flashbacks have told us, that he's tried to use this like coming together at this age in their life to be her role model, and he's failed because they've had sex with each other. She's used drugs in his presence. She's had a party. So in every attempt to be a role model, he's failed. So that's why he kind of has this like one last attempt to get her into rehab and to get her fixed. This is a final and quite profound rejection of that. Um, it's really sad. She just has no reason to, there's no, Bojack's got no skin in the game here. He's got nothing that he can do to convince her to go. She says it herself. She's got a million places to say. Um, she says, I can, I can constantly surround myself with sycophants and enablers until I die tragically young. 
Bojack's face at this point is just one of shock. He's realized he doesn't have any control over all along. Mm. He was, if anything, just like a pedestrian, yeah. a visitor in her, her passing through of life. vehicle for her. He yeah. doesn't need to do what she wants to do. She says it's pretty much too late for me. She's already ruling out ever being saved. Despite Another Jojo reference there. <laughs> <laughs> despite Bojack's best efforts, and we say best efforts, they would have been best efforts had he not tried to sleep there. Bojack's efforts, maybe. Um, so yeah, after obviously learning at the start of her episode that her catchphrase was, that's too much, man. It is now, suck a dick, dumb shits. It is this. Again, it plays to her recklessness. She just exits these people's lives and goes on to probably live out the exact same pattern of events mm. with the next ex-star or ex-friend or ex-person that's going to just enable, as she say, to live her life the way she wants to live it at this point. Live it until she loses it. And just continually just falling down that well with nobody stopping her, despite the fact that there's attempts there. People mm. are trying to find things and, and persuade her to do things that are better for her health. But unfortunately... She's just too far gone. Or certainly, in her own eyes, too far gone. Yeah, it's the mess of contradictions has left Bojack completely rattled by this as she walks out. There's a you can almost see like using the visual clothes of the the state of his apartment and the he's disheveled and it's like she's blown into town and yeah. she's blown back out again and he wasn't at all prepared for the ramifications of this and somehow he was already damaged before all this mm. and then she leaves and has made him and his his whole house yeah. worse, which is impressive to say the least it, it takes some doing considering yeah. how he often finds himself diane as usual who has been there kind of to witness all this tries to be the point of you know the voice of reason and point out a few of his failings um but just the mere mention of society allows him to just deflect entirely he screams out everything i do is meaningless nothing i do has consequences and as the camera pans out to hear him saying that we see the paparazzi from the very start of the episode mm -hmm. hanging over the word consequences and sharing pictures in something of a cliffhanger, sharing pictures that they've taken of Bojack and Sarah Lynn having sex. Mm. The episode ends there. So we're left to believe that there may be some consequences for Bojack on as a, a result of his stiff hanger. On a stiff hanger. <laughs> oh my word. Well, look, we've tied it all together back <laughs> nicely there, haven't we? This was a, such a complex episode, but also such a very, very wild one. Like yeah. in terms of we always seen Bojack be this complete force of nature in his own department when it comes mm. to partying and and generally being a bad human being to have him then paired with Sarah Lynn immediately we realize this is a pairing that if we do see it again it's gonna cause more trouble every single time yeah there's a so it's it's a theme that obviously we've revisited in these early episodes about like what Bojack's been doing the last 30 years and whilst we only get a few more clues to that here really we're seeing what Sarah Lynn's been up to and we're seeing how horsing around we, the only power we really know that it has over Bojack is that he's maybe trapped in the one great thing he did with his life. But we see in that like everything in Hollywood and like everything in television as we perceive from the outside, that it can cause problems and it can set people off on the bad path. I suppose this brings up like what the other characters are doing in this episode. Mm. In previous episodes, we've talked about how so far the ancillary characters are more about they're using Bojack as a, a centrifugal force for all of their actions. Yeah. But instead, it's Sarah Lynn here that they all react to. It's Sarah Lynn that they all respond to. Sarah Lynn, voiced by Kristen Schaal, by the way, who you may know from Flight of the Concords, Indeed. or a host of brilliant things that she's done. She brings such heartbreak to this because she voices her at every single age. So you hear the like the gradual sort of decaying and erosion of her voice mm. through the things that she's done in her life. She's still full of beans as a, a teenage sexed up pop star, but there's just that little crackle. You know, she's starting to go. She's got that kid that's still always as well made sadder because there's that kid-like quality to her voice, mm. even when she's talking as an adult. Like yeah, she manages to maintain that. Which is all the sadder when she's just talking about drugs and yeah. sex and yeah. having no reason to live anymore. 
Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, so yeah, as we said, we find out that she's dating Andrew Garfield. She's very fond of Bojack, but again, that is something that is fleeting because everything in her life is fleeting. She's lost the ability to trust. She doesn't know how to manage the various demons that she's got. Mm. So any fondness that we see early on between them is all but gone by the time she leaves. As you know, we've learned it from her feels surface level as well, doesn't it? Yeah, she's. I think she's. You know, we we see that the, from the few relationships she's had with other adults, that nobody's been good to her. So she's not been taught to be good to other people. Mm. Um, unlike Todd, who really, really tries, he's he's trying to be good to Bojack, but by virtue of that, he constantly doesn't really trust Sarah Lynn. She brings out the worst in him in a way because all he really sees is that somebody that's maybe using Bojack, he doesn't see that in himself because as much as he sleeps on his couch, he feels like he contributes to Bojack's life in a way that Sarah Lynn maybe isn't. I think we see from Sarah Lynn what Todd imagines his life could have been in terms of the way Bojack treats Sarah Lynn. Mm. So we see little prompts throughout the episode where Todd does almost the exact same thing as what Sarah Lynn did. Yeah. Like if you're talking about in within an episode of Horsing Around or actually in real life. It's a callback and a reference to the um Horsing Around clip at the very start of the episode yeah. in the cold open. We see obviously, you know, it's three little orphans, one, two, of three. Course. We learn a little bit about one of the other orphans, which is Ethan. Uh it's Bojack kind of like neglects him for Sarah Lynn, who is hiding under the table. And it's almost as if Todd is the Ethan mm. in this recreated horsing around situation that Bojack's trying to create, even though Todd is unwilling in that. He's the one constantly trying to tell Bojack, this is not what you think it is. And again, this we is in see fact so much worse. The wise, the wise side of Todd, the mm. wisdom that he offers Bojack constantly, which Bojack just continues to rebuff because he doesn't, he doesn't really deem Todd worthy, does he? No, he's still, I think he still sees Todd as a guy that he needs to keep around to make him feel bigger. Yeah. But he's missing Todd's wisdom as a result. And, you know, more's the pity for that. Um, Princess Carolyn in this one, she uh, immediately steers Bojack away from wanting to be anywhere near Sarah Lynn until she finds out that Sarah Lynn is no longer with an agent. And that's pretty sad because immediately from that point, she only sees Sarah Lynn as a potential client. Mm. Um, she thinks thing. she thinks she's toxic, but she just views her as little more than a commodity. Um, what we see of Princess Carolyn in this episode is trying to buddy up 
to Sarah Lynn. So at the party at Bojack's flat, Princess Carolyn's tried to like dress herself up as one of um, Sarah Lynn's friends, one of her fellow revelers. Mm. Sarah Lynn doesn't really buy into any of it. She kind of uses and abuses her too. But it's a game of cat and mouse for the uh, want of a better phrase. Look at you. And is we, that in your notes? We, it is that? not. Uh, good man. We learn about uh, another agent, Vanessa Gecko, who um, Princess Carolyn intentionally kind of needles uh, Sarah Lynn into the arms of because what she was actually doing was using Sarah Lynn to get to Andrew Garfield, which is all the sadder, isn't it? Oh my goodness. I'm going to come back to this. Remind me to come back to this. Uh, what, Andrew Garfield? Something. Yeah, go on, carry it's, on. It's just the fact that obviously, you know, this is Sarah Lynn's more famous boyfriend and all the way through, we've mm. seen that, pro that uber professional, professional to a fault side of Princess Carolyn that wanted to get Sarah Lynn. Mm. And to find out that she was only wanting to get to Sarah Lynn to get to Andrew, yeah, Garfield, Andrew Garfield, again, just reduces like Sarah Lynn even further in the eyes of Hollywood. Princess Carolyn here is the voice of Hollywood, is the person mm. with which informs us how we're supposed to view celebrities because if Sarah Lynn's got a value, then obviously she's still worth something. She doesn't have a value. Her boyfriend has a value. And even though technically she does have that value, mm. her boyfriend is continually going to be the bigger value in this scenario, as we've seen. Also, perhaps a little weird commentary there from Hollywood's perspective, the males being more valuable than the females, possibly. Yeah, the, the gender roles and gender the way that like, male will still take power. and you Because know. this is, what, 2014? So we're well mm -hmm. before the Me Too movement sort of thing. But it's quite a nice segue because, as usual, um, Diane is the voice of reason. So we said that Todd just wants to brush off um, Sarah Lynn because yes. he thinks she's no good. Diane, as usual, is in the middle. She's wrapped in a host of complex contradictions um, about Sarah Lynn. She doesn't rule her out as a total car crash, um, but at the same time tries to explain to the viewer and to Bojack the, length. the life, <laughs> the, life <laughs> the difficult life, the troubled life mm. that Sarah Lynn has led, um, almost to the point where she kind of accuses Bojack a little bit of abusing his power. As you mm. say, those generals abusing his power to take advantage of Sarah Lynn. Bojack fires back to say, well, I've got all the same issues that she's got. Mm. And then Diane just reminds him that, well, she came to you for help, not the other way around. So that's an established power dynamic that Diane spots. And I think the thing that she has really with, she has it with Bojack and she also has it with Sarah Lynn is that she is, I guess, technically she was a fan first mm. before she was as a, I'm not a colleague. That's probably not the right word for this, but she's an acquaintance of this episode. Yeah. And I don't think she sees her as, you know, if you're looking at the surface level, you're looking at the end product. Whereas Diane is looking at it from, well, actually I was a fan with of this young girl, whether that was in the show or whether that was our music back in the day. Mm. And now I've seen this evolution and what the system essentially has done to her, which is, so far from what we get from Diane, you constantly get her as having the clearest perspective on most things, the, the truest to reality, perhaps. Yeah, she's used what's brilliant, obviously, within Bojack Horseman from what we've seen of Diane so far is that it owns how vapid and soulless Hollywood can be. But that doesn't mean that the people within it can't feel feelings and it doesn't mean that they can't all have human sides and diane tries really hard to look for it and that's possibly why she gets so trapped in contradictions all the yeah. time i suppose that segues onto the last character which as we said is mr peanut butter of course doesn't feature heavily in this episode no. but again he provides something ultra positive a man that is willing to award himself things just to live a happier life and that's yet again as we've seen in every episode so far it represents a big turning point for bojack's depressive episode in this case going on to sleep with sarah lynn mm. although peanut butter here has been, I think, like, he's had his edges smoothened. He's not trying to promote anything. He's not trying to mm. kind of, like, brush Bojack off. He is genuinely speaking to him as a friend. As a friend. And it feels like that's a bit of a turning point from his character from the first two episodes. Well, that is that. I think there's also a tiny little sliver, which I don't think is intentional, but it's almost like, well, I bought your prize, buddy. <laughs> like, there's nothing you can do, but it's mine now. Like, yeah. just I just needed you to know. 
I have your award and it belongs to me now. And as I said, even though he is the beacon of positivity, the sort of complete polar opposite of Bojack, we still get that little tinge of sadness mm. given the fact that he needs to buy these awards to make himself feel relevant, which is kind of sad. Very sad. Sad dog. But that's Hollywood. But that is Hollywood. Shall we do some horsing around? We've had so much of it in this episode. Shall we go and do our version of what I'd love some. would be? I'd love some. Because obviously, as always, at this point of the, of the show, we tend to go back and look through the episode to find all of the, the hidden meanings, all of the Easter eggs, mm. all of the little references and sly jokes within the episode that you might have missed. Some of them you probably definitely got. <laughs> Other ones, perhaps a little bit more complex than we first thought. Now, last week was a pretty big episode for <laughs> these, so hopefully... He says, optimistically, this may be shorter. Spoiler, it won't be. Deepest dive yet. Deepest dive yet. So let's go all the way back to the beginning, as we have done. Um, we go from the very beginning. You've already also mentioned, already mentioned, I should say, our good friend, Orion Seacrest type, who mm. pops up this archetypal sort of character we see on TVs time and time again. Interesting you survey Seacrest in this particular episode, Yeah. <laughs> but that's a whole other kettle of fish. In Serralyn's music video, the music video is directed by Dave LaChapelle, who is actually uh, not to be confused with Dave Chappelle. This is actually an American photographer, Dave LaChapelle. Good Genuinely, spot. Good, good spot. spot. Um, although I did laugh thinking, oh, it's Dave Chappelle. <laughs> it's obviously a funny little joke. The interview show that uh, Ryan Seacrest is talking on is called Excess Hollywood, as mm -hmm. opposed to Access Hollywood, because as we see later on in the episode, that will come into play. <laughs> uh, Sextina Aquafina, as we've told, is Christina Aguilera's sort of dolphin alter ego, I guess you might want to yeah. call her. But there's a little bit more to this one, isn't there, Michael? Because I wish there wasn't. I, I bet yeah. you wish there wasn't. But the funny thing is we have this little thing where if one of us finds the thing, they're the one who has to talk about <laughs> it. So... I discovered, obviously, in the episode, there's a little bit of the lower third that gets put across with uh, Sextina Aquafina. She is the singer of a song called My Clitoris is Ginormous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we initially thought, well, that's outrageous. <laughs> but there's a little there's a little something here, isn't there? Yeah, that must have been the point when your Wi-Fi went down because I was left to research <laughs> this one on Google. What can um, I say? Yeah, we found that some studies were done, and I love that these studies are done, that female dolphins may have better sex than actual women, human women. <laughs> human women. Thanks to their, and this is a quote from the article, their well-placed clitorises. Excellent stuff. Um, the large bo lady bottlenose dolphins have large and well-developed <laughs> sex organs, meaning that they can achieve orgasms. Now... I'd like to think that this was just a nice fluke because they've made this Christina Aguilera Calvin, uh, character a dolphin. But this is Bojack Horseman. There is no flukes. Is no they flukes. were made aware of this yep. study. Everything yeah. is has a reason in this show, as you will find out. Uh, we saw the three... We've had a lot of art so far in these last couple mm. of episodes. I believe these might have featured already, but we may not have mentioned them. The three horseshoes on the wall of Bojack's bedroom, of course, a tribute to Andy Warhol and yes. his pop art style. We saw that the birds outside of his window are, are the journalists. Interesting that the birds are on ladders up to the room <laughs> window, balanced on ladders, rather than just flying around <laughs> by his window. I did then think about the, the logistics of it. I guess they do have to operate the cameras as well. They, so they're holding maybe, the cameras with their wings. if they were just flapping with one arm, <laughs> they might just go around in circles in a weird way. So I guess we'll let them off, but did find that rather entertaining. Then we get to the furniture shop where they go to get the new bed. Mm. It's called The Swine Within Reach which we discovered was a play on the American design shop, Design Within Reach, very which nice. I thought was a lovely little very touch. Nice. And I know there was some very chic person in that back room who was like, oh, we're getting this in. <laughs> we are getting this in the episode. There's a hilarious bit I just thought was subtle where after Sarah Lynn has stabbed herself, she, she then says, who wants to see me take a dump on that sofa over there? To which nobody responds, 
apart from Todd, <laughs> who very slowly raises his hand before we cut away from the episode. He reveals in dialogue later on the episode that she did she indeed do that. did in fact do that. When we go back to Bojack's house, we see him using a bottle of whiskey. Uh, is a fact a reference to Maker's Mark, the uh, brand of, sorry, bourbon, I should point out, mm-hmm. uh, the brand of bourbon. Normally it would have like a red melted wax thing on top of it. It mm-hmm. actually has a green melted wax top in similar fashion. We see lots of these throughout the show where the bottles are mimicked on brands that you recognize, yeah. but not the actual brands. The drugs that were prescribed to Sarah Lynn came from Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> uh, presumably didn't come through time to give her those. Um, and then we get, we go back to more, some of my favorite gags from this episode at the dinner table where we see Todd and Sarah Lynn and Bojack, they're talking about a few various things to which they start talking about Andrew Garfield. For anyone who wasn't paying attention, Andrew Garfield ties in lovely to Garfield the cat, of course, <laughs> where Sarah Lynn drops a little thing in about how all he ever wants to eat is was lasagna, to which Todd's like, wait a minute, yeah. Andrew Garfield likes lasagna. <laughs> and then she says, the only time I've seen a freak out like that is when Andrew's agent tries to book an interview for a Monday. <laughs> because of course, like Garfield the cat, loves pasta, hates Mondays. And I thought that was fantastic. I loved that Todd narrated that. Bojack often does these gags, yes. but just lets them breathe. Yeah. It again served as a reminder that Todd was living outside of Sarah Lynn and Bojack's communication, not, almost as television characters. Yeah, he's outside of the whole thing. Yeah. He's the only person in the room who's actually paying attention. He's not playing a role. Not playing a yeah. role in this little particular episode interesting point here which i said i would come back to when carolyn and uh, sarah lynn are talking as we said it was a cat and mouse game mm. but it's she is with the mouse sarah lynn is the little mouse between two cats in princess carolyn and andrew garfield <laughs> which i didn't even clock the first time or she, the third time she now. can't escape she cannot escape yeah. um a little reference multiple references actually from sarah lynn to a time at adam levine's halloween party which mm. was in fact an actual halloween party that happened Back in 2014, which was obviously Tremendous. the time when this show was written, we get a little, a little quick reference to Moby Dick by uh, Princess Carolyn as she's running out of the room when she realizes that Sarah Lynn might have lost her agent and is available. She says, "Ahab's got a white whale to catch, baby," <laughs> as she goes flying out of the room. Um, we got to the party when there's lots of lemurs at this party. Now we were trying to figure out the big relevance of the mm. lemurs at this party. Um, other than the fact that they just love partying, these lemurs. Yeah. Might have, did we have anything for this? We got a couple. Um, there's apparently, which I can't say I've seen, but the reference to Madagascar where the lemurs are the party animals. Okay. Um, however, biologists at Dartmouth College in New Hampshire are this doing sounds more legitimate. Are doing it? the work for us. Uh-huh. So you know, on a similar link to where we found out about dolphin clitori, um, we found out that uh, lemurs are one of several animals that would choose booze over water when placed in front of them. Interesting. They're still working on why that might be, but it was a fun test to do, and I'm sure they got to use the remainder of the uh, test material afterwards. And look, an educational show, as well as a fun show, this. It's an educational show. Thank you, you, Dartmouth. On the topic of the lemurs, there's one who's in a fantastic T-shirt that just says, trees, 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 which I really enjoyed. (laughs) There's also a lemur in a cap and a flannel shirt. Now, for the first two episodes, we've seen a guy with a little goatee in a flannel shirt hmm. and a flat peak cap. He's been in episode one and he was in episode two. Doesn't feature in this episode, but this lemur, despite the color palette being slightly different, is exactly the same. <laughs> and I've got a feeling, as an, well, I'm sure we're going to find out. Lemur than meets the eye, you might yes, say. Yes, you could say that or you could not say that. <laughs> Who knows? As the lemurs are coming to the party, a bunch of bags that they have, one of the uh, various different things, they've got fiesta chips which are obviously enjoyable. They've also got a dip that says 50 different dip 
in one giant jar, <laughs> which I don't know how that works, but it sounds like fun. Speaking of fun, carrying bags that have party chains and party whips on their purses, because of course they do. Sarah Lynn, when talking about the party and the house music that's blasting, Bojack tells Diane, this loud volume of house music was prescribed by Doctor Who for something called uptight dickheads disease, <laughs> which, of course... It's a, it's a real thing, I'm told. Certainly by Sarah Lee. We'll have to ask uh, Dartmouth. <laughs> we'll have to ask Dartmouth University for that one. Uh, and then we get, if we move on to another flashback with Sarah Lynn's mother. Now, some interesting stuff here with Sarah Lynn's mother, who obviously we saw as a fairly neglectful parent, but mm -hmm. also is using her child to get fame and celebrity, essentially. Yeah. Sarah Lynn's mother is reading a magazine called Parenting Magazine, and on front of the oh. magazine is a picture of a woman with her breasts out, because, of course, that's good parenting. Uh <laughs> She then says, when asked about college, that college is for ugly people who can't tap dance, which, <laughs> as we all know, is also true. Um, <laughs> she then says that we get a really bad picture of our mother painted here, hmm. really, don't we? Because when Sarah Lynn says she wants to be an architect, she says, mommy didn't do what mommy did to that Star Search producer so that you could be an architect. Oh. God only knows what that was. Also, within this flashback, when Bojack is obviously the one delivering it to Diane, uh, he says that, he describes himself as talking to her and then kind of blowing her off after he tells her about his weekend plans. In the flashback, Bojack is getting makeup put on his face <laughs> and Diane says, so the makeup they were putting on you wasn't for the show, it was just <laughs> for the weekend then, which I thought was great because how many times do you see a flashback where you don't really pick up on what is actually happening and the logistics of it, which I thought was it's really... It's a meta-commentary that basically doesn't give the show a fire it exit. doesn't give it They're any writing in, whatsoever. like, no escape for it. Now, again, we've been doing these references in... Uh, the paintings on the wall seem to be a big feature. Uh, I'm going to have to say this is a with an asterisk of maybe mm -hmm. because there's a horse painting in this where we see it getting uh, drilled through by drills as Sarah Lynn's asking if her friends can knock through the wall so they can make like a weird sex, uh, sex cocaine and drugs. bar thing. Den of iniquity. Yeah, den yeah. of iniquities over there. Um, I think the the painting, we've I've, I've clocked it in as a Franz Mark painting or certainly in a similar style, mm -hmm. but... I'm not sure if that is correct. So someone out there, you can have a look and you can tell me. Also, at Podcast Awesome at on Instagram Podcast for those Austin. art lovers, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, on Twitter. Don't, don't, don't affect <laughs> any of those socials. Tell your friends, by the way. Also, uh, the at the same time, little bits of this where I, I, I can't be an accident that the picture of the horse was getting a drill put through it. The horse was being drilled. And of course, Sarah Lynn and Bojack ended up having yeah. a little moment where... Maybe the horse was doing the drilling. Who knows? <laughs> anyway, that's not that kind of podcast. Uh, the Lima, though, who does knock the wall through eventually, mm. uh, that we see revealed, got a little bit of a clockwork orange vibe from this mm. Lima. He had the hat. He had the uh, the braces, much like um, Alex. Alex, Alex yeah. I always forget his name. Mm. And what's the the style that he calls it? Well, that's their droogs, aren't they? The droogs, yeah. that's mm -hmm. it. There you go. So the eye obviously lemurs have those eyes the eye, anyway it looks but, yeah. yeah of course the lima eye sort of looking like it already has the makeup on yeah but could well be just the fact that he's a lima <laughs> who knows um then we get a moment where they're talking about the show in the in the meta format where we see it's todd and diane and bojack having this little intervention meeting essentially between themselves mm. um and they basically talk about how the show it's not like this is a real life this isn't a show this is real life and as they say this we get a, the, the exact lima who's just been drilled through the wall runs past to the cartoon noise of like doom, like <laughs> flies through and smashes through the wall while on fire i should point out <laughs> and leaves that lima imprint on the wall in classic almost um uh, roadrunner and uh yeah. wily coyote fashion oh and oh indeed any looney tunes fashion mm. where the character goes through the wall then we get to Bojack living out the dream on Santa Monica Pier, where we see some signage that says Paddleboard Harbor, 
fish racing and ghoul wrestling, <laughs> along with cafes at the oh. end, of course, which is all what you want. Sarah Lane, of course, taking all these pictures on her phone. Mm-hmm. Now, I've never probably looked at these pictures, but they're quite hilarious because she's not really experiencing the moment. She's taking pictures as if she is, yeah. but actually she's completely disengaged from the whole thing. In the background, though, there's one of Bojack crying as he's dropped his own <laughs> ice cream, which is then completely superseded by Bojack laughing at a child who's dropped her ice cream while he stands with a triple-decker ice cream <laughs> on his cone. Bojack is then obviously talking about kite flying with uh, Sarah Lynn. He's trying to fly the kite, but he's actually tied himself up in knots with this kite. It's gone terribly wrong. Again, Sarah Lynn not engaging. Mm-hmm. And Bojack is also in the background of a photo on a carousel where the horses are actually human horses. Oh, very all good. Like sort of on their hands and knees going around. That's also, an A1 Bojack that Horseman is an A1 joke. Bojack Horseman joke. Added with the added bonus, I guess, where they all seem to be dressed in Sergeant Pepper's Beetle kind of <laughs> outfits. Now, I may just be putting two and two together there, but that is quite interesting considering being for the benefit of Mr. Kite is one of their songs, and we got the kite just prior Very to that. Nice. Now, I might, of course, Very just nice. be tapping into Beatles' knowledge there, but again, this show... Nothing's an accident Nothing's in this show. Nothing's an accident in this show, and if it is, well, you're getting lots of credit anyway. <laughs> um, Mr. Peanut Butter's phone icon in this episode is revealed to be a water hydrant because, of course, he is a dog. <laughs> That's what dogs we on frequently. There is a little moment during the party where the lemur falls off the balcony just while partying. It's not mm. really touched upon again, but as we get an establishing shot for the very end scene in the episode, the lemur can be seen clinging onto the bars at the bottom of Bojack's uh, balcony just right. at the end, just <laughs> about halfway down towards instant death, I think, just hanging on there. So there's a great bit where there's a little bit of graffiti on the wall that just says, a lemur was here. Oh. <laughs> That's it. That's it. There's nothing exciting about that. Just a lemur was here. Uh, during another moment where Todd gets a little bit angry, he's like, I need to have an angry nap. <laughs> Todd then lies down and proceeds to have a, a nap almost instantly, like a dog. He's literally <laughs> like, <laughs> which I loved, thought that was great. We we'll talked about dogs being kind of like the thickest characters in this show, haven't we? The thickest, but wanderers, of course, mm. like Todd, of course. No real home, just wanders from town to town, <laughs> sleeping on people's settees, much like a dog, actually, now that you mention it. Um, one of the last daft ones that I found was. Princess Carolyn, after all of this plan of hers goes to pe- it goes perfectly and Sarah Lynn leaves, she stood right by the door, Princess Carolyn, and instead of leaving out the door, she goes back outside to the wall that she climbed in to get over into the party <laughs> and climbs out of the apartment like a cat and just leaves. And I thought that was such a... I have never noticed that, but the fact that she literally was at the door where she could leave and chooses to go out in cat-like fashion, I thought that was fantastic. It's always great when Princess Carolyn's a cat because she's always seen as this like professional. With Bojack so far, she's been trying to keep him on the rails when he constantly wants to steer off. And it's just nice that we see her in her professional capacity and then as a cat. As a cat, back yeah. to being exactly what she, what, what she was, what she is. Well, I have to say, I think for this episode, that's almost everything. Yeah? Almost everything. But... If you've been listening to this show long enough, you should know that it's time for one last thing. And then I swear to God, I'll shut up about this podcast forever. Michael Hamlet, did you have, for anybody who's just joined us, weirdly in episode three, hello. Yeah, welcome. Uh, welcome. This is the part of the show where we decide to pick one of our one last thing each that from this episode of Bojack Horseman, where... We just wanted to maybe shine a spotlight that we didn't get a chance to do. Michael, mm. what is yours this week? Well, it's given the title because it's obviously her hit single at the teen star point of life, but Prickly Muffin mm. felt quite powerful because not only does it evoke obviously something that is quite a, a sweet treat that potentially has a lot of barbs and a lot of things that can hurt if you were to actually eat that, 
But we've just learned about Bojack's propensity for muffins. He gets himself into such a situation with Neil McBeal, the Navy SEAL, in episode two. Because he wants to eat muffins. Hey, he wants to eat 12 muffins. There's no joke when you try to steal a meal from Neil McBeal and Navy SEAL. <laughs> and it's just the fact that he's already aware that a muffin can bring danger. We've learned this one episode ago yeah. and it plays to this very end where he says, oh, there is no consequences. And whilst I suppose, obviously, the literal use of the muffin hit in the last episode was that he's just made himself sick and he's caused loads of problems in here. It relates almost directly to Sarah Lynn. It's a nickname in horse and around. It's a single. It's a it's a part of her DNA and a part of her backstory. And yet, but it's just another reminder that Bojack can and should always do better. He should always do better. And that mm. kind of ties in nicely to what my one last thing was going to be in literally the end of the show where Bojack at the top of his lungs exclaims about how there are no consequences <laughs> and everything is fine. No problem. Despite the fact we see the birds flying away with the pictures of him and Sarah Lynn. We know that that's not the case. Hmm. He has already had instances in this show <laughs> where Bojack is supposed to have learned his lesson from previous moments. The literal, the 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 stupid actions of his that got him into all that mess, all the trouble mm. with Neil McBeal and Navy Seal, and he hasn't learned his lesson, has he? Because no. even despite all of this, everything he does with Sarah Lynn in this episode, where we see a character who needs help and all this. He absorbs himself of blame once yep. again, completely removing it. And so rather than seeing this character who we might normally see where it's, you see these personal bits of growth. We mm. see expansion as a human, a better horse, if you will. No, apparently not. We're just going <laughs> to continue. If that isn't a clue as to what's going to come, we can already within three episodes, Bojack has forgot the lessons he's learned and is heading down that path once again. It's a constant reminder that Bojack Horseman, the Netflix show that we are talking about, is absolutely not horsing around. No. And it never, ever will be. There will never, be no... Never growth, there will be only regression, there will be no happy ending, there will only be a dark twist. So we've kind of hit the end, I guess, mm. of, of what we do. And you know, as always, we, we, we're we going to do a little bit of a shill again, yeah. because we're brand new, and we're still trying to... Just a quick one. Just a quick one. So let's just give a quick plug to all of our socials. Find us on both Twitter and Instagram at Podcast Horseman. Nice and easy. It's the name of the show. If you haven't already guessed, just follow on... Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your enemies, tell anybody you want, because genuinely... Every little helps when it comes to this. And not only on social media, I might have to, they can also help us out when it comes to the actual podcast side of things. Yeah, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can follow along on Twitter. You can listen on Acast. You can look on the Twitter feed for all those embedded podcasts if you just want to play it through Twitter. And I did mention at the start of this podcast that we were going to try and extend our thanks to the people that are engaging with us at Indeed, this early stage. I tell you what, it's... we chucked a question mark. Hooray! question mark and i guess it's time for you to answer that here comes the answer and ah. um, we are extremely grateful for anyone leaving those five stars it's we've said it's boring stuff but it's good for the algorithm it gets people to find us if you can find us then more people can find us and then we can all have a chat and it can all be nicer mm. and it can get bigger and bigger and bigger and, and that's exactly what edward shiraz hands did for us <laughs> he left Brilliant. us he left us five stars and what we'd quite like to do we're going to just read out his review here and edward if you're listening um we're going to give you uh, something we're going to call a star on the hollywood talk of fame Ooh. if you keep an eye on the app podcast horseman twitter or instagram you will see your own star edward shiraz hands and um, future reference to anyone who wants to live with feedback if you leave us your twitter handle or your instagram handle we'll put that on there as well so we can like reference you directly and yep. you'll be able to see it for yourself but it's for everybody to see on the feed and we can promote them as much as they promote us absolutely yeah um so the feedback from edward was listening to the first podcast as well as the trailer and it's already fantastic thank you so much for that uh michael and adam nicholas from what culture provide in-depth analysis it's just an enjoyable listen it has made me want to go back and watch it from the first episode again on the day when the last season has been released just brilliant for any any bojack fan and that's 
or after really. It's so kind that you would want to say that and you would want to watch again because we'd love the idea of everybody watching again. We're doing it here. We're doing it to review this. We're not doing this from memory and it's a thrill for us to go back and watch it. And anything that's going to expand the community of the show, not least now it's finally finished and it's neatly packaged for you on Netflix, go back and watch it and then come and join us on the podcast. Absolutely. And I mean, genuinely, all of the people so far who've either been in touch, who've messaged us, whether it's directly or through tweets or through Instagram mm. or whatever it is, genuinely, please keep that going because we said at the beginning of this that this was about uh, getting the conversation bigger when it comes to BoJack Horseman. There are not enough people talking about this show. It's fantastic. Do not feel shy. Please get in touch. Let us know anything and everything to do with this show. If you have it, we want to hear about it and we want to talk about it. Um, before we go then, mm -hmm. before we go fluttering off to our next thing, shall we have a quick synopsis for next week's episode? Yes, please. Let's have a quick look into here. Uh, as we do every week, we'll give you a little heads up for what might be coming. I say what might be coming. What well, definitely will be coming <laughs> next week. So, of course, we are on season one, episode four. And this one is titled Zoe's and Zelda's. Mm. And the description says, Bojack decides to mentor Todd. Diane's ex-boyfriend writes an article about Mr. Peanut Butter. Now well, now, interesting, interesting stuff. But now that we've given you that, that is pretty much everything this week. The only thing that remains to say is that my name is Adam Nicholas. And I'm Michael Hamflit. And this has been Podcast Horseman. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.